on the Spencer's the Pez. Doking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. What are you doing, fanboys? Well, you should be listening up, because it's the Lawn Boy Flanet. I mean, the Fanboy Lawnet. Uh, that's the Fanboy okay, Planet let's start podcast. Again. Let's start again. No, come on. That, that was, was good. good. Fine. And I'm your host, host, the man who really wants to be like Lawn, Derek McCaw. back, right, everybody. I'm back, everybody. Yeah. What I liked about that was it went from being too quiet to being way too loud was good. Which right. is how I describe an evening with lawn. And then we have fun. And then the next morning I wake up and I go, wait a minute, we had fun at night? Why did we go camping? How did I get on Lawn Boy Flanet? Ooh, that's (laughs) delicious. Oh no, not again, as I take the awful out of my, yeah, okay. Anyway, awful, awful. this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of (laughs) fanboyplanet.com. If you are listening to our podcast for the very first time, I apologize. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we are podcasting. Uh, on Wednesday, August 15th, from the undisclosed location, Lawn Safe House. What number is this one? This is the closet. The oh, safe closet. Oh, closet. That, that explains a lot of things. Wow. I'm just going to call you Chick-fil-A now. Yeah. Oh, no. We'll never eat there, you and I. Mm. Uh, At least any- not together. Oh. Anyway, uh, so we're probably going to around me on the table here is uh, to my... Uh, right across wearing the Flash t-shirt that hasn't spoken yet. I did speak, but this is Nate Costner. Oh, I ignored you. <laughs> no, I, I forgot. We were on I roll. was on board with Lon saying he had a good intro. Okay. Mm, thank uh, you. But you are? Nate Costa. All right. Okay. You said, said that, that already. <laughs> All right. Yes. And really not listening. Okay. No, no. And wearing the Hulk t-shirt. Uh, Lon Boy Flanet. Nice to meet everyone. Hi. And I'm wearing the Batman t-shirt. I just realized one of these things is not like He's got a Tiki other. God shirt. I wore that one yes- yeah, yeah, yesterday, actually. He's got a Tiki God t- uh, Hawaiian shirt and podcast producer Moral Compass. Aloha. Rick Brett Snyder. Mahalo. Oh. Mahalo. Mele Kaliki Maka. My people call it corn. Or corny. Okay, so uh, we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got some television news. One of, of course, point out up front that uh, Fanboy Planet Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd like you to pay attention to that. And Podcast Pickle. Oh, I, I forget about Podcast Pickle. I went and back on to the their website. Site recently. It's and also on the, on the internet. Right, but that is the yeah, Just Google the point. it. Yes, Google it. Uh, except, you know, if you subscribe on iTunes, apparently that, like, puts our ratings up. So, oh, uh, well, tell your friends. And if you, you tell your friends, and if you enjoy it's the podcast. It's even better if you rate it and, on and, then, and actually put a rating as well. Just so. go all out, Make invite your comment. friends over, have a listening party, rate it, bring all their laptops, rate it together, and then just bask in the Fanboy wow, Planet that'd goodness. Be, that'd be really cool. And What's take pictures highest? and send it to us, and we'll give you a prize. What's the rating system? Is that a five stars? Five stars. Yeah. And we have a We should have five stars we all have, around. We have six reviews that all give us five stars. Whoa. Those are correct reviews. Yeah. Yes. I think I did one. Michelle did one. And oddly I th- enough, <laughs> I think one of them, I think I think they all predate the edition of Nate. So that should, we, oh. we need to, we need you know, to introduce a six star. up and say the six star will show up. Tiffany yes. could do one. And <laughs> yeah, okay. But it's important you subscribe because I'm still wrestling with the RSS feed. You're not Although you've, you've fixed the 
last, the last two shows will show up in the general uh, yes. marketplace. But they're all there. They're all there they in the general all marketplace. Just I'm looking at one review right now. It's from a Kid Macaw. Is that correct? Uh, Luke is not allowed on the oh, internet. Oh, okay. So, Sorry. But, uh, Somebody nice stole try. his name. Oh, no. A listener. Okay. Anyway, so uh, we got comics news, movies, TV. But tonight, well, first we've got, actually, uh, give us the theme song, Lon. What do we do? We've oh, got Oh, it's not uncanny. We've got Fanny Mail. All right. I believe I forwarded this all to you guys. But this to all of Another you. Another great email. Yes. Uh, Title. Writing in from Ask the where? Zorlac. Uh, right. you know, I'm not sure where he is. Mr. Trent 100. I know he told Isn't me who he was. Now, I don't think he's... Is this a different guy? Well, I think this is Did a different you do a guy. Casey Kasem? But uh, anyway, uh, no. he wrote in. Uh, and and his, his emails, he was the one that uh, did that Avengers thing. That, like, we ended up with a really oh, long yeah. way to work. So we'll just talk about it. Uh, hey, guys, was just listening to your recent shows and heard that you hadn't gotten any mail in a while. I could have sworn I sent you one after. You so kindly read and commented on my Avengers letter on the air. I thought I had sent it, but I guess it got lost in the ether or of the internet. It's or, probably in your spam folder. Or, or I press delete rather than send. Anyway, I therefore would like to officially thank you for reading it and commenting it, uh, commenting about it on the air. So thank you, uh, Mr. Trent. And on to new business. I think you are 100% right in that a S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series about the background characters is an excellent idea and the way to go. Sort of an Astro City set in the Marvel Universe. Can I chime in on that, though? Because I did listen to the podcast last okay, week. Okay, sure. Um, only that will only work if you add a Sharon Carter to it and make her all hot and Sharon sexy Carter. every week. Oh, well, that I think was they a will, person but, but we didn't, didn't think of, right? And we could think of her being tied into Captain America, but they haven't introduced her to the film mythos. They just exactly, her, but they're not can't. Maybe in the no, I think they one. are. That's why you have Peggy Carter. And I think there was. Mm. I felt like at the end of the move of uh, Captain America that the woman dressed as a nurse who woke up like resembled mm, Peggy no. enough to make the implication that they no, were going the to director a random is trying to bang her. I, I think they changed I, I think they changed their mind but the, the, but that's still there so um, but she wasn't a shield agent but anyway uh, uh, they were all shield yeah they were all shield agents, yeah, all shield okay. agents. Uh, and, and can you yeah. imagine pulling that duty though you're like I'm a shield agent not a nurse okay you know what I mean? Wouldn't that be degrading? She's not you? even a nurse. She's an actress. Yeah. You, do a nurse. you do what your job tells you. You do what your job tells you. I guess, for, for God and serve your country. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's well, why we're here. We're serving our country. But that's I do true. have to point out a minor mistake. In your discussion, <laughs> it was stated that Agent Sitwell has not appeared in the Marvel movie universe. That's not Incorrect, true. Incorrect, sir. Oh, okay. In the Marvel short, say the that, Don't say that so meanly. <laughs> it's all caps. It's all caps. It was mean. Oh, okay. I, I wept a little. What was that? That was my phone. Oh, my God, Rick. Uh, In the Marvel (laughs) short, the consultant, the agent of the diner that Coulson was talking to, uh, as played by Maximilian Hernandez... Does anyone know who wrote those? I'm sorry, Kachan. ...is listed in the credits as Agent Sitwell. I... Because they, because it's Don't funny. Know. We were talking about Sorkinisms earlier. Yeah, it's, it feels like it was written by like a Sorkin type guy. Because the exchange back and forth, we're going to get the consultant. We don't need the consultant. We can get the consultant. But we get, you know, it's like back and forth like uh, that. that. One was I think they're trying to be something funny. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I wonder. See, the thing that's coming out now is I suspect that Joss Whedon hmm. was at least doctoring things to make them all fit. Maybe mm-hmm. we know he did an uncredited rewrite on Captain America. He did? He did. I didn't know. Yeah, so he guided a lot of that so that he could set up what he wanted uh, to do with the Avengers, and that is now the... He's part of the brain trust officially for every Marvel movie that goes forward now. So he's kind of like Ed Norton on the Hulk movie. Yes. He wrote it. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. I got that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a minor point for sure, but a good Zordak type piece of information. Yes, Mr. Trent. Uh, breaking news. I just read over at nerdbastard.com. That's B A S T E R D. I've never heard of that site. Let's no. check it out. Sidwell is going to play a major part in the Avengers short item 47. Hmm. Which so is maybe they are on the Avengers. Which is DVD, on the right? Avengers. Uh, it's item 47. Item 47 is one of the guns from the, the Chitari. Uh, ah. Yes. <laughs> so it makes sense to say, I love that you say, like, we'll do it like an Astro City in the Marvel Universe. Since the Chitari are basically. The fourth world parademons, you know, already steal other things from DC. Let's just let's just beat DC. To is Astro City DC? Yeah, it is now. Oh, it, it, is. it wasn't originally, right, right, right. but he took it there. So I mean, it's not set in DC continuity, but it's still uh, published by them. They should introduce. They should introduce a rival, a rival superhero team. That uh, uh, was Squadron Supreme. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. looks like yeah. Uh, and then and then DC was going, we don't know what to do over at Warner. Yeah, We'll make that, another cartoon. That guy seems like Superman. Um, so here's one that's going to get things going. I would like to I uh, have an answer for this. get the Zorlax opinion, actually, <laughs> slash answer on the following question. I love it, Nate. About Thor's hammer. There is an enchantment on it that in this in substance states that he who is worthy will have the power of Thor. Who, who holds this is worthy. We, neither one of us can remember the actual phrasing. Mm. It works for Don Blake, Beta Ray Bill, Thor... Well, of course, when he was a frog, Frog mm. Thor or Fror, and Eric Masterson, all are worthy. Pick up the hammer and become some version of Thor. Why doesn't it work for Captain America? He recently used it during Fear Itself. How come we never get Captain Thor? I have a question. Your thoughts. Wait, let me finish it. And please don't tell me it's because he uses super steroids. I mean, has it ever been addressed? Thanks again and looking forward to the next podcast. So nice, date- nice cut off of the logic there, yeah. Okay. I jumped the gun because my answer was why doesn't Captain America pick up the hammer more? Since he can, yeah, because he's picked it up before fear itself. I thought he had too, but yeah, but the, but the, it does make a good que- it does bring up a good point. I mean, everybody who else who has well, picked it up has been worthy. Well, has transformed. My what question the hammer is this. says is, whosoever holds his hammer shall he be worthy? Will possess the power of Thor, Thor. not will turn into Thor. And yet many have. But yeah. here's well, my versions of Beta versions Ray of. Bill is Beta Ray Bill, not Thor. He just got Thor's power. Did he? Did he? A costume changed. Did he? And costume and his, change? Yeah. Yes. Did he get it when he initially picked up the yes. hammer? Yes. Oh, here's yes. my question: Did they all strike the ground first, or is it just picking it up? Because when you strike the ground, don't you get the power? I don't know. You strike the ground when you need to transform. I think it you strike the ground stick with your walking the, stick. The, Isn't that what yeah, Ray Bill the walking did? Stick, yeah, Man Ray Bill hit the ground. Yes, I remember that. And, and so that's when he turned into the power. And, and the Frog Thor makes sense to me because it was still he's Thor. Thor. Yeah. And then uh, but I never read any Thunderstrike, so Eric I have Masterson, no idea what happened there. He must have conjured Masterson. it up. So if you just pick up the hammer, it doesn't give you the power. Okay. You have, to, you have to conjure the power Masterson by striking Masterson had the original, original one for a while. Then he got the second hammer. He got like Thunder a Thunderstrike. Odin made another one? Yeah, yeah, Odin made a smaller one. And Odin made one for Beta Ray Bill, too. Yeah. 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 Yes. Stormbringer? Stormbreaker or Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, Stormbreaker and Thunderstrike was the one, for, or is Thunderstrike the guy that he turns into? Thunderstrike's the guy he turns into. What was his little thing called? Cloudy? Hammer time. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger. It actually looks more like the uh, hammer and, Thor and has the hammer ultimate. ultimate. Can't yeah. touch yeah. this. <laughs> awesome! I love that. <laughs> you can't touch. This. And there's a yay. Want to see Thor do the big pants dance? No. Uh, and then, uh, so another email we got was from Ron Talbot, who has actually been on the show before. Ron Talbot, the Wolfman? No. Ron Talbot, Larry Talbot. Oh, sorry. 
No, that's Glenn Talbot. Oh, uh, okay. No, Ron Talbot from local theater. Talbot Talbot? Odd question. While recently listening to your podcast, I caught something about licensing issues with the TV show Batman stuff. Mm. I just Batman got a 1966 stuff? Batmobile Hot Wheel for my birthday. Glee. I want to open it up and play with it, but is it some sort of super valuable collector's <laughs> item that open I should it. save? Open it. And my answer back was, indeed, who knows? It's a new... It's a new I mean, open, open it, it and play with it. Well, it's, here's, it's not going to be a collector's I, item. Can I give a real answer? If it's well, if you're going to get a real answer, sure. Lauren. Look on the look on the back. Maybe it's numbered. And well, no, no, just check when it was mass produced or manufactured. Usually, they have a date when they're a little legal. So if it's like manufactured, you know, current 2012 or whatever yeah. like that, open it and play with it because it's worth whatever. you Well, pay and I know for there's it. a new line of stuff that Mattel has been releasing a bunch of hobbies. Like there's a Penguin Mobile from Batman Returns that just came out, and I mean there's a whole bunch of different yeah. But nothing's collectible right now in this economy. Nobody wants to buy anything. It's well, it's, and everything well, is mass produced, get, and it's mass produced. Yeah. And it's like the only stuff that's valuable is stuff that's. Low or low supply that you you know everybody wants, and I that would, would be. An, a I would vintage. say the only thing right now would be those of us fools who got sucked into the Young Justice action series collection with the pieces of the Hall of Justice. The last four figures on those, I have only seen one figure once. Hmm. Well, I would say give it. And that was months ago. Give it a year or two for it to die down, and you'll find it at the toy show for. But my son $10. wants to finish it now. You know, so oh, well then you're patience, gonna pay a premium. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to the toy show on Saturday. Maybe How about you that? should, and maybe I'll have him meet Lou Ferrigno the Hulk. No, okay, he's a jerk. Is he? Kind no, of. he's not. Like, hey, Luke, he I... can't hear you, Lon. No, he, he had surgery. He had cochlear implants. So he can hear now. Shut up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and he listens to this podcast, and he's going. Hi, everybody. He's got. Hey, Carlson thinks I'm still deaf. Why don't you guys interview him on Saturday? Why don't you bring a tape recorder and see if you can get a Lou Frigno interview? Because um, it's, it's difficult. Kid Macaw is not oh. the most cooperative of uh, <laughs> have, oh. of sound producers. <laughs> You're <laughs> so going to hold the recorder. Kid to that? Good luck. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to take him to see Paranorman. Oh, that, uh, is that out this week? It comes out this weekend, cool. yes. All right, sorry. So, okay, so let's get to some comics news. Did we address we? those two letters we well, We did though? address, I think we did. I Guess think, what, yeah. fan, what are they, Fandroids? Fandroids. You're welcome. Okay, there we go. Uh, so in, in comics, we lost uh, one major, major figure in comics and one sort of ancillary figure who was bigger in science fiction than comics. Uh, first of all, quite surprisingly, unexpectedly, uh, because he still has like books coming out, uh, Joe Kubert. Legend. Legendary Joe Kubert uh, died, uh, passed away was Sunday night, I think. Uh, apparently he had been in and out of the hospital with some complications, some illness, in the last month, but had not really been brought about. Everybody thought he was going to be okay. I mean, he was 85. He had a uh, a good life, uh, but uh, also... And he was still doing great work right up until the end. Still doing great work. Started his own well, school. Uh, started his own school. Uh, and per, and like taught his sons. School, right? and to, I think it is the only or school... the first spe- major one, right? But, but specifically to that aspect of graphic art, yes. I think the Joe Kubert uh, School of Visual Art is... Uh, the only one dedicated to comic book production. Yeah. Or now we say graphic fiction. Absolutely trailblazing and absolutely uh, at the top of his game even to the end. You right. see, For those who don't know his work, name off his top five hits. Well, what you can go in right now and say, walk into a comic book shop right now and you can see one of the before Watchmen books. Uh, is he Night Owl? He's inking his son. So he has yeah. two. He has wow. two. He also two of his five children became 
uh, famous comic book artist Andy as well. And Andy and Adam. The school. Adam, Andy right. Adam. They went through the school. And uh, so what uh, this means, like he started drawing like in the golden age, like at the age of 15, I think. And he, he, he did he Flash drew, Gordon? No, he drew the Golden Age Hawkman, which was a ripoff of Flash Gordon. Mm. Um, he did Tarzan. He did okay. uh, many, many years of Tarzan. And, said you? Uh, and he did the Silver Age Hawkman. He drew the origin of that and drew a lot of the Hawkman and Adam stuff. Uh, Viking Prince. What's amazing, and and what he's best known for, uh, Lon is Sergeant Rock. I was just gonna say Sergeant Rock. Some one of the best, if not the best, war comics artist in in comics history. And he did Enemy Ace, which is my personal favorite. Well, this again back into being World War Two, uh, World War One, World War One, yeah. yeah, okay. Did he do like? Oh no, he did. Okay, I was gonna say, did he do a Conan like thing? But then I just realized that was probably Tarzan. Tarzan, and then there's another one, because um, he had his own publishing company in the 50s, and he had a, t- uh, uh, a character then. Uh, Tor? Was he Tor? Yes, Tor. Yeah. Oh, that's okay, so, Son of Stone. Uh, that's Turok, Son of Stone. Tor- different one. Turok. Gold Key, Tor- different thing. Yeah. And several monosyllabic uh, barbarian princes. Um, like Ur? Ur. That's the coming. Uh, Ur. Save that one. Do it. Okay. Uh, but uh, Prince of Stuttering. <laughs> they... Yeah, I mean, and he just drew just about everything. And in the last 10, 15 years, he did a lot of personal work. Uh, one, he did a graphic novel, and I can't remember the title of it, a uh, graphic novel in which he envisioned what would have happened if his family had not. Maybe it was Stossel, uh, or Yossel. The story of Yossel, like, uh, was what would imagine if he'd been born if his family had not left Germany oh. uh, before the Nazi takeover, and so imagining what would have happened to him in the ghetto. And uh, Wow, that's deep. He wrote a very, a very, I'd say, somewhat important when people ask me, like, uh, that are not into comics, say, what would, you know, why would you read comics? I say, well, I'll throw you this one, Facts from Sarajevo, which was about his literary agent, his reprint agent in uh, Eastern Europe who was stuck in the Bosnia, the, the Bosnian crisis and trying to, when, when the Serbs were marching in, trying to fax out and how all the all his friends in America were living facts to facts of, like, is he okay, is our friend, and, and talking about what it was happening there, so he did a lot of, uh, of incredibly so- socially aware graphic novels as well. I think even more pushing the boundary than Will Eisner had. You know, Will Eisner certainly talked about his Jewish background and, and, and his ethnicity, but but Joe Kubert was shining light on issues that were going on today and still still is. In fact, they still have in October they had on the schedule and no reason not to is a Joe Kubert spotlight, just random short stories that had been gnawing at him that he was finishing up. For publication in October from DC. So his um, I, a little trivia question. I somebody somebody told me he did Challenge of the Unknown for a while. I never it's heard possible, of this. but okay. I don't. You know, you don't remember. Was that someone Chris Garcia? Because uh, it was probably wrong. <laughs> not sure. Okay. You mean Hugo Award winning Chris, Chris Garcia? Garcia? We have to say that and genuflect. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was looking at, uh, looking at a lot of his, his, Catholic his term, artwork. So. Was his artwork was amazing, but also his panel layout mm-hmm. was true. Is really cinematic, and he was able to go from well. Close if you can up, see on Fanboy Planet right now, I, I reached out to some of my friends. That was in the those were the panels that I, I uh, Sam Park, who is the West Coast editor of Monsterverse, and yes, have been published by them. Full, you know, but that's why I reached out to him because I knew he had been an art teacher, and he found these eight panels from the uh, eight pages from this western that uh, Kuber did in like 2004 and just kind of shows just to show why the guy was you know he never lost his power and to, t- and to take those panels apart 
uh, pages apart was you know it's kind of interesting. And I haven't seen any other sites do that. To yeah. Just really showcase specifically on a title no one would have paid attention to, but just how that that was storytelling. That but it was a book. It was a story probably nobody cared about or anything. Right. But you could see the how yes. he just. It all together. Right. And also passed was Harry Harrison, who uh, had been partnered with Wally Wood in the 40s and 50s. Wait, these guys get... made up Harry Harrison, no, Wally no, Wood. No, Wally Wood, you know Wally Wood. No, one of the greatest uh, artists, comic artists of time, but he committed suicide in the early 80s. Oh, downer. Well, Harry Harrison, asked, who is he? He's a sci fi writer, died at the age of, he was in his late 80s in oh. England. Uh, best known, probably you would have some awareness. Uh, he wrote a novel called Make Room, Make Room, which was adapted to film as Soylent Green. Soylent okay. Green is people, okay. Okay. Yes, you know. I know. I'm aware. called Make Room. And, by the way, delicious. It's about overpopulation, uh, so. Oh. Uh, it's kind of like, it's about today. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> everybody's stuck on each other in, in cities and so forth. But you a very versatile writer. In the early 60s and the Stainless Steel Rat yeah. series. Yeah, was a, lot of, a lot of action, a lot of adventure. And then he did a lot of comedy, like Build the Galactic Hero is a parody of Heinlein's uh, Starship Troopers. And very funny to begin with. Okay, oh. but most of his work is in novels, novellas, in Action, prose, not in actual comics. Yeah. But he, he tried to get into comics, but apparently, I was reading an, a profile on uh, Mark Avenier's site and said that well, people noticed that Wally Wood was probably the one doing most of the actual comics work, so they hired Wally Wood instead, which is okay. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about modern comics now. Um, in, in the Marvel Now. Uh, initiative of new creative teams taking over. Have you over. guys been talking about this? Because I feel like you haven't been bringing it up in the podcast. We've a couple, a couple. There's not a lot of solid stuff about. I guess it. because not unlike, an info unlike the new Fifty Two, they're not. Di- the, and I think in some ways I think this is a really good plan: is roll it out a couple at a time and let people decide if they want. You know, instead of. The argument is being, well, they, they, the under- they understand that we don't have that much money. I'm like, no, I don't think that's it. I think it's just a smarter, savvier way to do it. It's not that they're they're cognizant of how bad the economy is. It's more like they want to give everybody a chance to get hooked they, on all of them. Just give me two or three books a month that, I, that I, maybe I want to try instead of telling me that I've got to try out 12. I think, unfortunately, you are going to pay the price for one of them, so I'm, 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 oh, I, may I, have, I may have to disappoint you on the air. Okay, well, okay, lay but, it on but, me. But, but, but first of all, one that uh, it's funny because we have been talking about the, we talked last week about the Tony Moore lawsuit. Uh, and Tony Moore is on his feet. Gonna, he's going to be drawing Deadpool, mm-hmm. and one of the writers on Deadpool is going to be. And I think you interviewed him one, at least once, uh, Lon Brian oh, Posehn. Oh, I did read about that. Yeah, the comedy-based thing, or whatever. Right. So. Well, Deadpool is, I guess, to tie, to line up with if Brian Reynolds ever makes that movie. <sighs> Look, I love Posehn. He's great, but he's not the strongest writer. Overall, in like let's say plot and dialogue and everything else. Well, what was that one he did for Image? Was it the Santa the Claus? Last Christmas. The yeah, last the Christmas. Last Christmas? What, that was his, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was fun to read, but it just kind of was choppy and. But what is there anything else he's done? I think that was he it for had comics. One or two little single shots here and there. I don't recall, but uh, I know Patton Oswalt had done somebody's, and that's just say another stand-up writing stuff. And Patton's was. I thought tighter to the JLA, Welcome to the Working Week or something. Yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, he's a fanboy for sure, and he Absolutely. loves comics. And Is he signed on for a long series, or is he? could this be a one-shot? I think that, no, the, I think the promise is that everybody's going to stay on for at least 12 issues. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's I the one thing. The, promise. the implication is, uh-huh. and that's what Dan Slott has said, is this Marvel Now thing is they're not just putting teams on to see, like, oh, 
popular storyline just to get one trade paperback. It's to see if like they did with yeah. Kevin Smith. Well, because you can't do anything else yeah, with yeah. Kevin Smith. But no, the thing about Posehn though on uh, D- uh, Deadpool is like I don't know if he's the right voice because Posehn is the you know the ultimate nerd, whereas Deadpool's kind of the ultimate. Jerk, Why you know what I mean? Like, well, and I think there's a different rhythm. I think Posehn's humor is sort of like, ah, uh, it's the mutter under your breath kind mm-hmm. of thing, and that doesn't seem to be Deadpool. Well, we'll see how he, I mean, Maybe. we'll give him, you know, we'll give him a chance. I'd already a fan of Deadpool or wanted to do it or whatever. I would assume so. Did you, uh, did you like walk either of you, I, not long because you weren't at Comic-Con this year, sadly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they announced the Deadpool video game, did you like watch the trailer? Online. Yes. Did you watch the trailer? Yeah. Did Deadpool sound right to you? No. No. I don't like the voice of Deadpool in that game at all. No. Like, the game looked cool, though. It did, and I don't know what but the Dead- voice throws you off. I don't yeah. know what Deadpool's supposed to sound like, but that ain't it. No. Mm. No, that's why he has yellow... Uh, but then I'm not happy on voice bubbles. Oh, okay. That's, I, I'm not happy with uh, when uh, DC Universe Online has Ambush Bug, and Ambush Bug sounds like he's on helium. That's wrong too. You know. That's actually closer to my, in mine though. But how do you hear Ambush Bug? I don't know who did they, who did it on Brave and the Bold when he appeared on Brave and the Bold. I thought that was that wasn't bad. Um, I don't know. I, how do you imagine Deadpool sounding? I don't. I just said I don't know. Maybe like but that in it. Maybe. Maybe something a little more, yeah. Or just snarky. You know yeah, I'm yeah that voice snarky. didn't sound snarky. That's no. Exa- there's no snark to it. It's just like, hi, I'm reading funny lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's exactly what it was. And, then, uh, and Marvel vs. Capcom, they only like voice one or two lines for him, right? And, and everything his, else and is And those are fun, line. though, because he's just like, ooh, yeah. oh, crazy, I'm funny. You know what there I mean? There you go. So. Lon should be Deadpool. That's mm-hmm. exactly there how you go. Yeah, I don't, I, don't sound, I don't hear his voice like that. Mm. I hear it like <laughs> really wow, Deadpool, wow. Because he's got yellow. Everybody else has a white... You know, because he's kind of dying. Dialogue bubble. His is yellow, and it makes me think his voice box is just like being crushed. So he should sound like Robert Kennedy Jr. (sighs) It should sound like Christopher Reeve. The later years. No, he should sound like... You uh, had to go there? I did. I'm sorry. I thought it was just yellow because it's I'll apologize later. Somebody write in. Who did What's-His-Name model the Joker on for the, the movie? Who'd they model him on? Oh, you mean Tom Waits? Tom Waits, yeah. He oh. should sound like that. No, it's too... Hmm. Waits is too slow and... Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to talk Burbany. slow, but that's how his voice... But then he would sound like the mouth. Joker. Yeah. Or more like Freakazoid, maybe? Maybe. I don't want to hear him like a... Like you know a, who he would sound like? And you guys are going to applaud when I say this. Daniel Tosh from Tosh.0. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I've oh, not paid okay. enough yeah. attention to Tosh. Because that guy is the ultimate smartass. So I think kind he like could a Joel McHale? Mm, no, because he's still a little Their too... voices are too Kind polished. of Borscht Belt comedian on crack. You know, kind of more energy. Which happened more often than you know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he so should sound like the crackhead on $20 Sack Pyramid on the Dr. Dre The Chronic CD, one of the interludes. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> If you can that, that feels dial even for me, that feels a little obscure, Nate. <laughs> That's out there. I mean, but you even know, Lon looks like he just sucked on a lemon when you said <laughs> There's somebody out there going, jumping up and going, exactly, out there yes. listening to Nate And if right you now, are that person, write, write in, in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Get your, our numbers up and send subscribe us, send to us the Send us a wave file with you doing the impersonation. If you got past that scattered intro, you've made it this far, write in. Um, and there are thousands of you, I know there are. Perhaps even tens of thousands. Um, 
Anyway, with the Marvel Now, then one of the things is you just you mentioned uh, t- to me in an email earlier today, Lon, that you were really enjoying Avengers with Walt Simonson's art. Good to see Walt Simonson back. I love his art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. great, great art. Um, and so it Aven- made me actually enjoy a Red Hulk story. That's big. Uh, what else was it? Wasn't written by Jeff Loeb. That helped. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're not the only one. I, I've been picking that up about talking about. Isn't it exciting? Mark Wade's coming on Hulk after uh, Jeff Loeb pretty much made it unreadable. And I was like, wait, I still, Nate, did you ghostwrite every other website in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know why Red Hulk doesn't have a mustache. That makes absolutely no, no sense. It doesn't to make me. any sense. But they said so. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, that's coming to an end. And who do we say? Jonathan Hickman's going to take over Avengers. Uncanny Avengers, mm-hmm. right? Um, Matt Fraction. Here's another, So this is where I'm going to upset Lon on the air. Matt Fraction, of course, is taking over Fantastic Four. And? And FF. Mm-hmm. But at the cost of, mm-hmm. and I'm stunned to discover this is not a well-selling book because it's a fantastic book. It really book, is fantastic. The Defenders. Disgusting. Yeah, we all knew it wasn't going to last. It's going to be canceled after issue 12. But, I mean, I, but this is a book... It's it's great. I mean, it's got it's one of the Matt best Fraction out doing there. great art, great writing. Sorry, mm-hmm. the Dodsons, the husband and wife team, Terry, and, and it's got a totally original Terry plot, like ongoing game. plot going through it. And it's got like Rick had pointed out originally when it first came out, like the, the old little school old, messages at the yeah, bottom old page. school messages at which the are bottom. now starting to pay off. Like the mm. things they were writing in the bottom of, in issue one were coming up in issue five and six, and you've got it's terribly disturbing that that's working out that way too. And it's the so ones obscure. that pay off during the book are awesome too, like continued yeah. page after next, right? And then it, sure enough, page it, after it, next, there's or the more one where it says, uh, it says says irritating irritating interruption before a two page ad <laughs> and then you go ah but it's uh, yeah it's I mean, the it's a only great time book. I've ever 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 liked Doctor Strange thank you Chris no, Jericho mm-hmm. I like Doctor Strange would uh, would see a Doctor Strange based on Fraction's writing and Namor like I I, I like everything they've done with Namor well, and going back and doing the and creating the early 20th century Defenders so did anybody read the last one though uh, I think I'm. I'm I think I should be behind. behind. Namor's on the cover, but he's not inside the book at all. Really? Because he's off fighting the. Uh, he, he's, it's kind of hard to write him. Be given he's five in, force. Yeah, he's got the Phoenix Force. Huh? Yeah. All the rain shows weird. up everywhere. Right. It'd be weird if he showed up in that book with the Phoenix Force. Yeah, and helped at the same out. time. And but uh, you know, it made it made the Red She Hulk sort of interesting. I had no idea who she was. Uh, you know, I knew she was Betty, but I hadn't read anything with her, and so I was like, "Oh, that's just a character." I love Iron Fist. Yeah, that's I love the way he's too. handled there. Well, and here's the other thing about Iron Fist is that Fraction was doing the Iron Fist book, wasn't he? Or yes. did it start with Brubaker? Yeah. No. I think Brubaker started was it with co- Fraction. They, they co-wrote. Okay, yes. and then that and was Brubaker canceled. Brubaker covered that at Comic-Con. Which yeah. doesn't make any sense. Matt right. Fraction is one of the better writers, yet his books don't sell. What are people reading? They're reading Hulk, written by Jeff Loeb. Uh, okay. And they're spending all their money on AVX uh, tie-ins uh, and crossovers. Because we may notice that here in the safe house there is a poster. Of A versus X. It was free. Yes. Okay, all right. But that's kind of, maybe that's the point. People don't have the extra cash to spend on actually good books because they're spending all their money on these sucker Well, and you make the and point is that, that one of the reasons I, I love the Defenders was I was able to pick that up. I didn't have to know anything else. Red She-Hulk had shown up in the Hulk books. Mm-hmm. But everything I needed to know was right there, and I could enjoy that, and I will probably pick it up as a trade or a hardback because it's a collection that I'll go back to and, and read again you know again what, though? Again. It's also dense, though. It's, it's full. Absolutely. It's full of ideas, language, yeah. and thoughts, and everything else. And, like, literally, it's not just something you thumb through. It's a book you actually read and actually kind of have to process. So, 
I I appreciate that yeah, for well, my hard and, 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 and it is one of those that I would I I would say I I don't reread a lot of books, but that's one I'm already thinking when it's all done. I'm going to go back and, and they I'm put it in a trade. Reading. Yes, absolutely. That's I'd read saying. a 12 oh, issue Defenders that, trade. I'd buy the hardback because that's one that. Oh know. well, you know, I'd buy two hardbacks. Well, fine. Why don't you buy the <laughs> Ultimate Edition? Um, I'll buy the Omnibus. I'll buy the Artist Edition. Have you like taken a look at or tried to lift any of the Omnibus editions of anything they've been I doing? It's like I thought we were just playing one up each I know, other. I'm on the sorry. Books. I just <laughs> I I, I visited, I'm, I'm going to buy the trade. I'm going to buy the hardback. I visited the new Heidi Ho comics down in Santa Monica oh, a while ago. That's real. Featured in what TV show? We'll be talking about that later, won't we? I well, I don't think I watched that show yet. But anyway, no, it's okay. Proceed. Okay, um, but they had the Ultimate Spider-Man Omnibus. So I tried. I thought, well, yeah. I mean, that would be way. I don't have any issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. I, th- I remember them fondly, but you know, gave them the good soon. And the first fifty issues. I, I don't know. I think it's fifty. It might even yeah. be seventy-five. But no, anyway, it's first. It's first fifty. 50. I've so got it. I tried just to pick that up. Yeah. You I weren't went, worthy. That's why I was not worthy. Because you didn't get the like, power of Spider-Man. Too, turned into a frog. Too heavy to read. This Where like, am I going to put is, this when I'm this reading? This is it. like you need a podium, like your uh, complete works it's of actually, Shakespeare, <laughs> and go. Oh yes. Oh, and here's where the Green Goblin page four hundred ninety-five. I can tell you, it's very satisfying. All the webs of stage. To sit in a big lounge chair with that in your lap and just and turn a, page and a glass it feels of like cognac and a glass, cigar. Of, a glass of your. It favorite feels liqueur. like you're rocking your seventeen-year-old nephew on your knee. No, that's how heavy the book is. It's a heavy book, two hundred pounds. Nate, is there something awful <laughs> you'd like to confess pounds? right now? <laughs> no. No, because you know how little kids usually sit in your lab. It's like, hey, yeah, hey, two hundred pound nephew, yeah, and you read a comic book to them. Good times, right? Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the kid's too big, right? Just like the book, just like the book, absolutely. Ah. absolutely. So you also and Nate read this. It got the exclusive edition at Comic Con, right? Agent Poyo. Oh yeah. So Agent and I got Poyo, the regular edition. And the regular edition came out last week or two weeks ago. A couple weeks uh, ago, couple weeks, three ago. weeks ago. But we didn't really talk about it, and we should because John Layman is personal a friend, friend of, of the program, at least a Facebook friend. We'll at least acknowledge that he recognizes us from a distance. Oh, we That's chatted right. for quite a while. Uh, I loved it. All of us. Thanks, Rick. Not me. I'm yeah. still his friend. Oh, okay. Just I you, loved man. Agent Poyo, even though it was so wacky and crazy. But I thought it was like totally well written, good like pitch, like kind of. Have you been reading that series? He's like a not fun. really, not yeah. really. So, so. The, so for those who don't know, so it's tied into Chew, which is about mm-hmm. the guy who can tell the history of anything when he eats it in a world where where correct. chicken has been uh, outlawed. Yes, because of a bird flu. As an edible item, not as chickens themselves yes. outlawed. Right. But Agent Poyo is a fighting, is a Gamecock? Is that? Uh, yes. I, he's like no. a cyber, he's, he's like a Robocop. Well, now he's a Robocop yeah. because he was originally he a shot. pit fighting rooster. That's a, okay, so he's a pit he fighting a very rooster. vicious rooster. I think I read that far in Chew and yeah. enjoyed it. Um, which would be interesting to see if that translates to the long-promised TNT series or the AMC series. Showtime. Right? Showtime picked it, ended up with you? I thought... No, okay. it's a Showtime show, but the producers of The Walking Dead... Oh, that's why. Okay, yeah. that's why. It'd be awesome if they have, like, CGI chickens. Well, if it's, if it's on Showtime... Well, they're going to have to have the uh, Chogs. All right. Chicken so, frogs. So enjoyed that. Uh, another book that came out today, so somewhat timely, is the long-awaited of the Before Watchmen series, the Rorschach one. The one oh, most I people are waiting that. for. With Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo doing the art... And you read it. I read it. And um, Rorschach, when Rick and I were talking about this dinner, Rorschach swears in it. And I don't know why. I, 
he I'm pretty doesn't sure he doesn't. Say, in the he original. doesn't say. He might say "damn" in the uh, I don't in, think in he the original goes series because he's of such. What a makes strict, you think he doesn't swear? Because he's of a, such a rigid, strict moral code, and it is he's based very, on, on like what is a pro, like. There's a psychotic break between what is sort of family friendly. And it's a moral code based on protecting Rorschach's dialogue children. is really sparse, and it's it's just condemning with its facts. It's not a it's not a, a and I think as writing the character that uh, Brian Azzarello is writing a very typical Brian Azzarello character. Perhaps there's an event dresses like Rorschach. that happens in the story that makes him stop swearing. I uh, know because he still has that same. He's still trying to do the holofrastic. Uh, speech that Alan Moore gave him, and he's doing his journal already. No, I know, but maybe this is since it's before Watchmen. He swore that that is probably. And then that at is the one end of, of the book, of, he's also in the Night Owl book, and he's not swearing in that. Well, I just you know, depending in between on, panels, maybe he's saying. I'm just saying this is, this is one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not a bad story. It's an interesting. I'll, I do find it weird. Wait, how badly can it swear in a DC book? Is it all in there, there's, uh, there's S and F. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. So it's an adult book. There's been some Vertigo. nudity into it oh. as yeah. well. Oh, these yeah. are these are the before Watchmen's are, are aimed at our yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, There's no I way that know. this is aimed at children. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, nor should it be, by the way. Yeah, um, you have uh, you have, and it's not a bad plot, but it's another one of. Getting this backstory where there's all these other supervillains that we've never seen before is a little jarring because one of the things, and, and I should get over it and take it, you know, it's not badly done. It's just that I f- felt in Watchmen originally that there weren't that many villains. You had Moloch, uh, Moloch and there was the one, the, the uh, masochist that, uh, that they referenced that they Rorschach having thrown down the elevator shaft. But in general, that was one of the things that was. Um, well, there aren't any frightening about about the Minutemen was that there weren't supervillains, and they, in this they, they are establishing costumed villains and right. They claim the clown uh, gang, and they they had they had people dressing up as uh, for a lark like yeah. gangs. Yeah, so um, that's just that's just an adjustment. It's not badly done, and I love Lee Bermejo's art. And uh, just like, and I, I realized I'd bought it and totally forgot I had it in the bag. The Ozymandias one with Jay Lee. Yeah, that Dude, art the art is great. The art is fantastic. The story, eh? But the art. I don't know. I, mean, I like the first one. Top, have you read the second? I haven't one? read the second one yet. But the top, but you know, top notch artists on this, no doubt. Absolutely. I didn't think I was going to enjoy that one at all. I actually liked the story that was in it. Yeah, I, I just I, giving everybody the motivation again. I have that problem with it. everybody has the same motivation. Somebody they love died, so they go and fight crime, and yeah. that's. Eh, yeah. Anyway, so there's that. Now, so is that well, the last of the before Watchmen to come? No, Doctor Manhattan's going to come oh, still. Right. So we'll see how that goes. Um, one that will transition us from comics to movies. Yes, lay it on me, Papa. Which we talked about last week, being revived back in the pages of Avengers Assemble, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yes. And Lon sends just us the cryptic message. I don't think it has legs. There are plenty of legs. Rocket Raccoon has four. Okay, look. I'm, I'm going to just say this. Pause too. I've been a little overwhelmed, overexposed by the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think is weird, being is that they are not even a C-list, D-list property in the Marvel Universe. So there's the announcement at Comic-Con. They're going to get their own movie. Sure. And that's uh, only going to have been a month. Yeah. And then there's that they all of a sudden pop up in Avengers Assemble. And they're like a big, you know, deal or whatever. Oh, yeah, just get, I'm get, a, get a big whiff in here. Watch your leg. Watch your leg. I need air. There you go. Oh. So, 
And then the other day I had uh, Avengers Earth's I Mightiest did. Heroes. My own hot air made this too stuffy. Uh, TiVo'd and I watched it and oh, they appear they on that. On yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sitting there going, okay, so I've read them in the comics, which I really just, okay, Rocket Raccoon's cool. Did you read the, uh, the uh, Annihilation? Annihilation. No, right? you didn't go all the way back to uh, There's Groot. I am Groot. The Tree Lord. And there's, only Rocket Raccoon understands him. And there's Drax, which he's old school. He goes way back. Yeah, he goes, yeah. he goes way but back. then their changed. main dude is well, Star-Lord. Times. Yeah. And Star-Lord, unless they... I mean, for the movie, it could work if they have somebody with a personality. But is the character itself that engaging? No, I, I would agree. The thing... And we talked also, about that... Also, too... Oh, sorry to cut you off. On the cartoon... They give Rocket Raccoon like an Australian accent or something. Did you see that? Yeah. And I was just like, he's from another planet. How does he have an Australian accent? Well, he should have a Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil. He should have a Deadpool voice. Well, actually, no. I hey, think, how I think, a Raccoon? I think based on his, his origin, uh, that actually he should have a Liverpoolian voice. Because okay, maybe that's it was British. Because British-y. he's supposed to be. They were they were all animals created from a beetle from you know, um, I'm the Walrus. Mm. Uh, from the White Album from the late Beatles period because he's uh, Rocky, Rocky Raccoon, Raccoon, the Ballad of Rocky Ra- right. Raccoon mm. from the White Album. So And then there's a, he fights an evil walrus in the original miniseries that Bill Mantlo wrote. So they were all like supposed to be part of the Beatles' psychedelia. Can't they be sued for that? No, the aliens no. were... But the aliens who created them were influenced by listening to Beatles. And so that's why they, why they did that. So That's wacky. At the time, there was an did agreement. Did they travel in a yellow submarine? No. That was a musical I did a couple years ago. Yeah. Did Rocket Raccoon date Abbey Road for a while? Uh, eventually. Okay. Miss Road. I don't know. but Mr. I mean, Raccoon is and Was he born in Strawberry Fields? But I would agree with you that, Star- that Star-Lord, even though I kind of <laughs> liked the look of the series, was the original Star-Lord stories. But they weren't set in the mainstream Marvel universe, and so they've, okay, well kind, of, they've kind of shoehorned him in when he was supposed to be just like sort of this little they're space opera in character. The black and white, uh, yeah. World they, they, they were not tied in, fantasy. and he was in the future. So when I when he first appeared in Annihilation, I was like, "What is Peter Quill doing here? Because he's not part of the mainstream U." And it's still been a an, well, that was an true. The original and the other thing, though, too. is is what? Okay, so the Avengers, they're all heroes, reluctant to team up, but yet they find a bigger. Thing and they have their issue, so they have like an like a ongoing kind of theme mm-hmm. and plot. What's what's the hook of the Guardians of the Galaxy? I don't get it. Well, this new version of the Guardians, because the original one was like they were freedom fighters a thousand years in the future. Sure, but those are mostly different characters. I think it's like Vance Astro. I think Vance Astro might have showed Astro up in, an, showed in Annihilation up. at one Who point. The, the guy with the fin on his head, I think, showed yeah. up too. Drax. No, no, there was a big, like, square, stocky... Charlie 27. Yeah. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking. He, on, yeah. he lived on Jupiter. Or yeah, he lived on Why Jupiter. Don't, now, see, I would watch that movie. Because, but hey... But you can't tie that into the other Marvel movies. Yeah, you what, can, because Vance Astro used to carry on Captain America's uh, shield. But he was in the... Fu- yeah, he was in the future separate, which I would be okay with that. And that's... Now I'm almost in the opposite of where I was. Now that you've shown me that all these movies can be interconnected, hey, Marvel, it's okay for one not to be. Huh? It's okay for one not Do to one be connected to the others the or to be just kind of a tangential, like I would agree. Like you'd have Vance Astro with Captain America's shield, but they're a thousand years in the future. It's a sci-fi film. It's strictly, mm-hmm. and people's suspension of disbelief will go there. And, oh, and it yeah. would make more sense. Well, that was kind of when it, when they're doing the annihilation way. It didn't really tie in with the general Marvel, uh, but it was still using. It, it was general still Marvel it was still in our current time, but because it was so far away, it wasn't really. But your thing is, is like you're 
Rocket Raccoon is going to make or break that movie. You know yes. what I mean? Uh, if, I agree with you. If they're like, you can pull off a Star Lord. You can pull. What's the chick's name? Gamora. Gamora. You Gamora. can pull her yeah. off. You can pull off Drax. Gamora. That's the turtle. Uh, the tree <laughs> thing. I don't know. I mean, Groot. the kids will like it. I am yeah. but I don't know. I'm just, just I'm, an ant. I'm just worried. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. And if they get Abnet and Lanning to write the movie, it'll be wonderful. Now it I thought, did you ori- good, yeah. did you originally say they were going to have Nova? Like no, Nova, see, no. Nova is what tied them to the mainstream Marvel now universe in Annihilation. See, I think if right. you do a movie and bring Nova, but Nova is not going to be. In see, it. that's what I'm saying. Then, but I think Nova's being mishandled right now anyway because on, on Ultimate oh, yeah. Spider-Man, Nova is not Richard yeah, Rider, which was stupid because the again the thing. The thing is that Richard Ryder, when they created Nova, Roy Thomas created Nova to be a recapturing of the feeling of early Spider-Man, right? But with an updated power set, you know, and so. But it was a kid in school to make him more like Star Wars or science fiction. But he was he was a teenager kid in school, and then they aged him out, and they had all these things happen to him, and that's fine, and they killed him. But there's no reason why they couldn't have. For Ultimate Spider-Man, still made him Richard Rider, sent him there instead of creating a whole different character that nobody seems to like. Wait, they killed Richard Rider? Richard Rider is right. Am uh, I? I've heard that. Don't I actually don't know. see him die. Okay, good. Much like many other characters, right? That you didn't yeah. see but a guy I, named I, Johnny I only Storm. Read, I only read the first uh, segment of, of Annihilation, and I want to go back and get them all and read them. And wait, Quasar's a chick now? Yes, Captain. Uh, Mar- she's Marvel's daughter. Oh, okay. What happened in the original Quasar? Dead. He, he died. Oh, because like I say he was an Avenger. I mean, you can yeah, yeah. Tie it all. But think, right did he die during Annihilation? I, or before? I think he died before. It was what they call those? The Nega bands. The Nega bands, which mm-hmm. Marvel had worn, so he could be like Shazam. Mm. He would click them together, and he and Rick Jones would uh, t- switch places. Right. So, uh, and she has the cosmic awareness and all that. Um, so that transitions to the movie is. I, it all hinges, it hinges on Rocket Raccoon, and I, I think I would agree with that. And then there's this moment where you just look and go, Marvel is making Rocket Raccoon, and DC can't figure anybody out but Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. And hardly Superman. <laughs> hardly <laughs> Superman. Superman. I like the trailer. I'm willing to give it a shot, but you're right. We don't know. We don't know. So, And, you know, so there's... Well, they figured Batman out, and now that series is over. Well, and then they'll figure Batman out in a better way for a new, more team. You have faith. We can hope. And a more Here's the thing: way. you don't have to figure Batman out. Batman just works. Batman's I mean, figure himself out. you can just put Batman on the screen. I, I I disagree because I still have night sweats thinking about Batman and Robin. You know what though? You can okay. The story is the itself, movie. I it mean, was nipples. it was lame, sure, but it worked. I mean, yeah. it just worked in the sense of a comic book movie. People would watch right. okay. Batman and Robin fighting other people. Because it's a very basic concept. And that's where I, yeah, I, I agree. I think people are, that everyone's working too hard to some degree. Mm-hmm. We have not yet been delivered the movie that would fire on every level. Is people don't need a lot, but it's what you've complained about before. The actors want their emoting time yeah. and their time without the mask. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we want to see something close just once. Well, for example, I'm going to see, I think all of us are going to see Batman Live coming up soon here in town. Have you bought tickets? I got tickets, yeah. I, I bought, bought tickets. I bought, it's okay, expensive. so here's the thing. 
there's not going to be a scene where he rips off his mask no. and, you know, exposits about his no, pain and turmoil. And You're right. He, and we're it's going to be fun. two hours of him swinging around, flying around, punching, kicking. And singing. And we're going to love it. Because it's yeah. a musical. You when, know what I'm saying? When so, is that? I just want to remind uh, September 20, 20th through the, the 23rd. 21st to the 23rd, I think. Yeah. Friday, days, Saturday, 20th, Sunday. 20th. Is it? Thursday, okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Uh, so. I'll be there on the 22nd if anybody's listening. So. Okay, take a look for Lon. He'll be mm-hmm. the one wearing the carnation. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then on top of all that, now Marvel gets to throw Daredevil back into the mix. Yeah. Because Fox has given up. David, did, did they give up or they just blew it? Joe, they lost they blew it. it. Because they had yeah. David Slade attached. Then they David Spade as Daredevil? David Slade, David Slade oh, director. Oh, okay. That would uh, be snarky Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Spade hey, should be the voice of Deadpool. King Actually, that would, that, work. Would work. that would work. That would totally work. Uh, and uh, then they had Joe Carnahan, who had done Smoking Aces, I think. And Narc. And, and Narc. You know, not a bad director. Interesting kinetic style. Uh, g- good gritty cop film kind of thing. He's got that sense, and he's directed uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and it was going to work for Born Again. You know, it, it was basically. But, I heard he was trying to go retro though, like put it in the seventies or something. Well, he, he did the sizzle. He put the sizzle reel online this week that showed, showed that like did a couple of flashes of the Ben Affleck Daredevil in with with like things from Taxi Driver and and movie. so his take was yes I think mm. it was going to be more seventies, which kind of made sense if you were doing like Frank Miller stuff, which was. You know, done mm-hmm. in the 80s, mm-hmm. and to say the young Daredevil would have been the 70s, you know, the actual origin days of Daredevil. That would make it, Daredevil now, though, like in his 50s. Right, right. But if you said it in the past, it's okay, you know, in Fox. No, because they're trying to bring all their characters in the same universe. But no, no but that Fox, was Fox. But Fox, Fox would have been fine. separate. Oh, they I mean, had now, to. though. Yeah, right. Now, now they would he's never not do pitching that. an now, old one. No, but no, that was what he was pitching to Fox, oh, and Fox okay. let it go, and they had until October to get it going, and they're just they're just letting it slide. Right. What so, is wrong with these people? But, well, the other thing is that Marvel now could, if they wanted to, make smaller. They're not going to do this. this is Daredevil nice. TV show? No, make smaller street-level superheroes. And Rex Smith was a good Daredevil. Uh, no, no, no. I was talking about that one show they did. Was it called Sight? Or something? Oh, it was yeah, a couple yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On USA? Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, no. It was an ABC show. It was like an ABC show. Or it was like a blind detective. Yeah. Longstreet. Long, no, there was one just recently. Longstreet, that's that's, that's before Lon was born. I know. Go to bed, old man. Uh, so Netflix. Yeah. So, um, But they could do Anyways. street level stuff. They have Iron Fist. They have Luke Cage. They could do Heroes for Hire. They could do all those. Well, Rick ge- said that last week, and you disagreed with him. Did for I? a TV show. Yes, yeah, you said. Not for a TV show. I say for a movie. They could oh, set for it up. a movie. Okay. They could set up a Heroes for Hire. They could do a smaller budgeted Fifty-five, sixty million dollar thing. Just as I would like them to do that, I would like to see that do a Black Widow and Hawkeye for less than two hundred million dollars. Do I think Daredevil has his own franchise though. I think right. you got to build something around him. Daredevil, especially and Foggy, with, especially with all the cool stuff that Mark Wade is is exploring with that. I mean, completely that's, different set of supporting characters. Well, the then cool stuff, I'd like to see a Daredevil Bendis TV series. And Brew do Baker an actual t- Daredevil TV series. I don't know if you can do it in this day and age, but I would watch it. I mean, I guess if they're doing Arrow. You could do a Daredevil yeah. show. Yeah. Devil. You know what I mean? So, Dare. Yes. Mm-hmm. DD. I would watch that. that weird. But it would weird. probably go, Murdoch you know, and Nelson. They'd they probably have, have to make it TV shows. Exactly. It's very Dawson's Creek. Very, one of them you know. He's a superhero. He's a yes. lawyer by day, crime fighter by, by night. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've seen Model by still day. in high school. <laughs> Wait, no. Um, you could do CW. it. CW. 
Well, you can't do in high school. And he's school. Played, played by the same age. Well, yeah, which is what they did with Ultimate Daredevil when mm-hmm. uh, Brian uh, Michael Bendis rebooted uh, him for the Marvel Universe. He was it was the college days. Mm-hmm. So it, you're right. You're right. I'll try it. See what happens. Do that. Um, and we'll get back to some TV things, and we'll then we'll talk about Arrow in just a, a little bit. Uh, I today got an announcement that uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark movie wise is going to be released for a week in IMAX theaters in September to celebrate the Blu-ray uh, release. Do you want to see Raiders of the Lost Ark that big? Yeah, you know, the problem is they didn't shoot it in IMAX, so yeah. it never gets over. It never takes over the whole IMAX screen unless they distort it. Yeah, I saw the only movie I saw like that was Harry Potter, one of the early ones, and I just really, really hated it because they crop it. I think I saw Goblet of Fire. They end up cropping the sides out. I just had an idea that popped into my head. Yes, they could just release it as a regular movie in regular theaters. Brilliant to celebrate the Blu-ray. Brilliant, but IMAX doesn't get the extra three bucks to put in the studios. Is it only three? I don't know, whatever it is, five bucks. Let's say, now in 1D and sell you extra glasses. Yeah, but then, so let's say six people see it in IMAX for $17. Thousands of people will see it on regular Max. Wait, first of all, we got to say, who in the demo, who's the demo for Raiders of the Lost Ark right now? Us. People like us. So what kid who's, who only kids go to movies now, more or less. So what kid's going to be all, oh, that's that movie my dad always makes me watch every Thanksgiving or something. I would counter that just a little bit is the kids really do, they do like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I think families would go to that. Like if you knew it was just a week. It's like, it's like the Disney. Kids part. don't even know what it's, it's called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Any kids that's seen it recently know, know it as Indiana, Indiana Jones and the Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. But so they right also, there, but, they're, like, but they're into it because they also go to you know, Disneyland, one of the best rides, and I think it's Disney yep. World too. Is Indiana Jones? Yep. And they're and like, the, isn't that yeah. that guy from the Crystal Skull movie? So they're gonna say, <gasps> isn't that Han Solo? Isn't that the no, guy from Cowboys that. and Aliens? Yes. That they might say. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I would just, I would wait. How good did the Titanic revival do? I didn't even. Was it in theaters for a week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was it, supposed to be in theaters for more than a week, but it only was in theaters for a week? Uh, I know it lasted a little longer than that, but I don't mm. know how it did. Can Hollywood just take all this money they're spending on revivals and put it in like a small indie film and just give us some quality Wait, films? what? Yeah. I'm like, just like Crackpot Comics? No, no. I'm saying like okay. new... Upgum- uh, somebody made a point. It might have even been on this podcast. I think it was Carr or maybe somebody that that's like, the studios spend all these money on blockbusters and they only turn out eight movies a year or something you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. spend you know some of that little cash and put out 20 movies and make some smaller good ones and give us something to watch well it's like know. it's like every business in this country they just want to maximize their profits I know. so they want to take the and big that's gamble, not the cinema anymore no, cinema's not. dead well but it's, that's the question like the video they don't on want, demand no really really they don't want to compete with themselves so they don't want to they don't want to have multiple um, films out at the same time. That's that like are, hedging your bets, though. That's like you know, you don't just put one bet on the craps table; you put eight. No, you know? no, no, but 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 our movie going practice has changed. It used sure. to be that sure. things had time to find their footing, and now it's all about the first weekend. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And kids don't want to go see a movie that's been out for a long time. They want they want to see what's new. That's true. Well, but I would but kids I, are dumb. But, but I would to say your this, point, then they're not going to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying this is what's what's out there. It I, entirely depends on the advertising, I, I think, because uh, like they would they would advertise that as Indiana Jones. 
and because the, the, like, the, the DVD release did change the title to Indiana Jones and oh, yeah. Lost Ark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, one that uh, Lon's going you know, looking forward to and will take the kids is uh, Kick Ass 2. Is in produ- fully in production. I, know, I for didn't read the second comic. Did you read the second comic? Yeah, yeah. Is that good? It's a continuation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! Uh, yes. Yeah, it's good. Hit girls going on right now too. Yeah. And so, and so apparently, Separate the Hit Girl book. miniseries will actually be the first act of the movie. Hmm. Oh, like so. They'll, they'll yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, at the end of the last movie, uh, whatever her name is, Mindy. Yeah. Basically, is like, you know, not allowed to be Hit Girl anymore. So that's what hit, the Hit Girl series is her going to school and trying to sneak around as Hit Girl. And so it's then, basically the last couple of pages of the original book extended uh, out. Yes. And then Kick-Ass 2 was what happens when the S hits the fan. Mm. When, uh, okay. Mince, no, there's a villain. Say. No, yeah. there's a villain named the S. Uh, no, and he hits the it's fan. The mother, and he hits the hero, the fan. It's the mother effer, isn't it? Isn't he change his name to name? No, or is he the the C? It's it is something that I, I think he I has like fifteen and it's different an alphabet names. City. He keeps changing his <laughs> name. That he calls he gives himself a supervillain name that uh, that we cannot say and retain our family friendly rating on the podcast. The M or F or the C, the S, the A, whatever. Okay, so you know Clint. because because Mark Miller Clint uh, yes, which that magazine has now become Mark Miller's Clint. Mm. So uh, I'm sure his mother's very proud. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and thanks to some Hollywood gossip, the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman, which I believe you were looking forward to, uh, Lon, was that you? Or was that Dave Tapia? Snow White and the Huntsman's getting a sequel? Which that we had talked about a few weeks ago. I never saw the first one. Oh, okay. you weren't the one that was, that was clamoring for the sequel. Well, here's the thing. Is Kristen Stewart going to be in it? That's the point. No. I will not watch cut. any movie she is in that B. Which is exactly what the studio believes, and so they've cut Snow White from the sequel. Because you're their and target audience. And they're going audience. to do the Huntsman. Huntsman solo film. Oh, I'd watch. Dude, Chris Hemsworth, all sweaty and muddy with an axe. i am totally watch that. Thor with an axe instead of a hammer. Mm-hmm. I'll yes. Watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would. Thor so, in the forest. Is he going to save Snow? Or wait, Cinderella this time? Or what? I think we're on to something. Yeah. Why? Maybe he'll save Hood? Little Red Riding Hood from uh, the uh, Big Bad Wolf. Oh, Maybe he'll fight Pinocchio. There was a huntsman in that. Yes. Oh. Maybe I the huntsman will cross over. Maybe they can get Amanda Seyfried from the Red movie yeah. to play Red Riding Hood. Sure. That would imply I'd have to sit through that performance again. Oh, yeah. And, uh, did you see... Right. Did, you're not who I saw that with. What were you? I didn't take I, you. No, I, saw, I, think I saw that with you. Rick, that's right. We had yeah. a romantic evening seeing... Oh, my God. That was awful. Mm. Oh, trees with spikes. Yeah. Oh, Yay. God. That movie was bad. Um, anyway. Uh, so let's move to television, shall we? Speaking of fairy tales, of course, I just want to point out the you know, Grimm uh, season two started, and then the, the Blu-ray came out last week, the DVD set, so I've been working Isn't my way through. Isn't there some kind of contest with that? And we're giving, but by the time we post this, I think the contest will be over. It's going to oh. be over Friday. We I have think, got, I think I've got plenty of to, entries, though. You need to get Jason Salazar to do a review of that. He's been, watch, he's been watching that, and he's I, enjoying it's it. Appara- yeah, it's weird. I'd love like, to see him Jason write a positive Salazar, Salazar has been piece. enjoying <laughs> Grimm. Um, but I started revisiting, because I watched the first episode... And I went, eh. Yeah. Like the, that lead, I can't think of what his name is, but he just reminds me of an uncharismatic Brandon Routh. And, um, but I watched the second, I was like, eh. And, like, but the supporting characters in Grimm get better. Uh-huh. And the sh- so the show kind of, although. And the main characters don't? Uh, the main character. I, I, he's not any more charismatic, but I don't mind as much. Like, there's enough mm-hmm. around him holding him up. And 
but I thought watching last night that it's it introduces its overarching plot way early, and I think maybe that's just speaking to as Lon has implied tonight, you know, that times have changed and like a show doesn't have that much time to prove, to, itself. To prove itself. So they've got to get all this plot front loaded and you already know there's some kind of conspiracy going on against him. Not just that he has a hereditary uh, title that he has to fulfill as the Grim, but that it's already, you know, here, there's something coming for you by episode three. And, and apparently the ground, the groundwork was laid in episode one. And so it's like, wow, I mean, that's fast. It's like, well, Can we not have a show that's just, you know, I miss entertaining, just fun, hour-long... You're on a couple play. of standalone episodes. Blame Lost. Exposition. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I think also HBO storytelling, too, to some extent. Well, it was kind of like Reaper. You know what I mean? Remember Reaper had a, yeah. Yeah. that whole plot of him being the devil's son or something? Well, but, but, but that, was this, that was there in the setup, and then... but there. You but every series has to have an ongoing premise. I mean, right. no, no, no. And, uh, I'm saying fugitive. Grim, Grim had an on, ha, set up an ongoing premise that was fine. The difference between the premise and then there's the arc and who's lurking and what the you know where you're going to pay off is different. Like Reaper, the pacing the of, of it is yeah, the pacing. Reaper, he's the son of the devil and he's going to be the collector of escaped souls. Great, that's it. You don't have to have like. But this. then he wants to get well, out didn't of his, his parents sell his soul to the devil? Wasn't yeah. that they was? danced around that like crazy. That wasn't entirely true, and they backed it, went back and forth on that. It was weirdly plotted. So he ended up being the son of the devil. Um, no, they sold him to the devil, and then, the, and then oh, the devil okay. said he was he was the son of the devil for oh, a while, okay. and then okay. they changed. The army hammer showed up as his other son. And his they were competing, yes, around. and they were brothers, and so it, it it switched around its mythos a lot. What was the show that came out just about the same time as Grimm that was about fantasy? It was Once like Upon a Time. Yeah. Is that, did that last the no, whole yeah, season? No, it's going to season. Is yeah, it coming back for a second? Back. Did you watch it? No. Okay. It's just... Uh, it's He won't because he loves fables. That's I watched, right. I watched That's the first right. half of it and then it lost me. Just, uh, but, you know, NBC has been experimenting with stuff. They use the Olympics as a springboard to... Uh, it's going to come out a show based on the Olympics that's coming out next season. They show, but no, they showed... After they finished their coverage, like Thursday night, they showed Matthew Perry's new sitcom. So they're introducing a lot of stuff right now while they still allegedly, allegedly, I say, because people hated their coverage, but have some heat left over from the Olympics. They've so been you're pushing off. that revolution show. That's yeah. the John Favreau Which I think one, right? is dead in the water. I have no I idea. I think it's going to be actually potentially successful. You know what will be better audience. then? What will it be better then? Falling Skies. Okay. <laughs> I Lots think it's going to be better. This. It's going to be better than Animal Practice. Actually, that looks that. hilarious I, to me. Did you watch the it? I was, didn't. It was, was not hilarious. Uh, I love that guy. The monkey, you have Comcast, the, every you time the monkey was sure on, it was good. Monkey was but not on But it's a pilot. Enough. You never judge a comedy by its pilot. They always judge the Well, everybody judges what I'm saying as, right, a, no, as I agree a viewer. With you because, because like when I watched the community pilot, it was you that told me I should watch community and stick with it. and I Because they changed it from the guy chasing the girl to something much bigger. Yeah. I mean, the pilot was... Chasing the girl? I yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was the original thing. Yeah, he was going after um, Britta. blonde Britta. Yeah, yeah, that's why he stayed, and so that was gonna that looked like that was gonna be. But you're right; they altered it, and the comedy became something else. The really pilot is that. only get the show sold. Yeah. yeah, if they get it sold, they can go wherever they want with it. But I mean, yeah, well, they like, should, I kind of liked the Matthew Perry one, the the go on. Uh, but I also thought, no, that would have been a, it. Might have made a better indie drama. It's not gonna last. But it's he's like a sportscaster, or something, a, spor- a sportscaster in a therapy group, in a therapy group, because his wife. Died in but I do like. Time. I haven't watched. I didn't watch that episode. But I heard he he sets up the uh, 
the different people in the group in ranks. Yes. Oh, no, it, it's funny. It's funny, but it's like it's one of those, and I'm seeing a lot of shows like this, where it's like, well, by the basis of your premise, not only are they rushing through, but you're going to burn out the yeah. premise or will get bored because you're pretending you're artificially extending it. Like, but isn't that Charlie Sheen's new show? Anger he's Management? A, yeah, he's in a group. No, he is the therapist. He's the therapist, but it's group therapy. Yes. And then didn't we already have eight years of this in Dear John? Wasn't that all? Oh, my God. Did that last for eight years? I don't know what it there was. was also that was a long-ass time. Bob What's... Newhart show. Yeah, but that line? was different because he had different patients know. came in and out. But it wasn't a group therapy thing. But wasn't Dear John about a group? Yeah, didn't it he always was. Go to a group? It was, and I stopped watching it. So I, you know, I think a lot of people did. And you're right, though. It's a premise that you, that if it, la- it you know, if you make it last more than a season, at some point you got to go, what, what's wrong with you people? Why can't you move on? Um, so well, lots of people go to therapy like for Whitney. years and years. And like years. Whitney, move on, move yeah. on. Let's get over it. Let's get over Whitney. No, I meant the TV show. Right, I know. Oh, that's I what I meant. I oh, oh okay. you meant Whitney Houston? I could care less. Uh, so <laughs> don't lie, Derek. I, I was saw scarred by last season on NBC. Mm. Uh, no. Oh, but back real fast. Why Revolution won't work? Yeah, it's on NBC. Oh, okay. Uh, why it's going to work? Fair argument. Girl with a bow and arrow. No, no, I'm going to go with Lon on that. Why it's not going to work? The cape. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Another night sweat comes up. No, no, not the cape. Mm-hmm. I'm still dreaming of that. Uh, and just talk about Falling Skies. Go ahead. Oh, let's. You watch Falling Skies, too? I watched last season. Hmm. This season, I watched the two-hour premiere and deleted every single episode <laughs> that I have saved up. I was and t- in fact... Breaks into people's homes and <laughs> deletes it from their DVRs. I'm going to just say right now. <laughs> Weirdest superhero ever. It's not very good. It but, ha- but Steven Spielberg produced. But to it. add to that, to finish my sentence, I watch it faithfully every week. So are you waiting for it to get better or are you watching it because here's, it's bad? Here's what it is. It reminds me when I was a kid and I used to watch like bad syndicated sci-fi shows. Uh-huh. Like just, you know, because there's nothing else on or whatever. Right. It's it's filling it's satisfying that nostalgia in me of like I used to like watching crappy shows that had sci-fi. Which is on what I would is well why I was actually starting to I'm giving in to Grimm. It's like it's mm. it's a little bit silly, but it satisfies something there. Yes, but I, I will say this is as I've been putting the time in and watching it. Now I'm totally like oh well I got nothing else to do. Oh that's a fun show to watch. I'll watch. You know what I mean? But it's like by no means is it high quality like a Game of Thrones or Walking Dead where I'm totally gripped and can't wait to see it. but it's just one of those where I'm like so it's background do. noise for when you're reading comics no it's, it's better than that it's while well, I'm folding clothes uh, background you know but I mean uh, I will say this though they, they've hit their like their last two episodes of the season or whatever mm-hmm. and it's they finally got to a point where it actually got interesting and I was just like okay so you've been rewarded not terribly it's not like everything paid off it's they, just yeah they didn't have to do as many episodes to get to this yeah point. yeah they just hit a new interesting kind of aspect they did too of many the show. episodes of kids escaping have they killed the just, leader guy yet the acting uh, is just terrible like it's just so no. bad and it just frames so poorly and it's I'll just let me see if I understand this because I have not watched any of the second season and mm. I don't think I finished the first season either mm. but you have Moonblood good She's, She's not actually been in any action scenes, has she? Uh, I keep getting, here or there. I mean, I keep feeling the implication is you cast her as the intellectual doctor. She's the combat. doctor. She's the combat doctor, yeah. and she's not. A, but it's like you know, when you hired Moon Bloodgood, it was to kick ass. There's a there was one scene where she was in peril a couple weeks ago. 
chased by skitter aliens or baby you know aliens, i mean because like it, it feels like it's like casting maggie q in a show called the receptionist you know it, i'd watch that though. I, know, I know you would because every week i'd be all what is she wearing this week <laughs> i know i'd like to see moon bloodgood and maggie q in an electra versus psylocke movie boom did it oh there we go thank you You've and, been thinking about and, that. Oh, we can't now because Fox gave up the Daredevil characters and they retained the X-Men characters. Did they have Psylocke, though? X-Men. She was Excalibur, though. X-Men. All of it tied. They get everything? They get everything. The only thing they can't have... What have about to, Captain Britain? The only thing they have to share is Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Damn. So, All right. Well, then we'll have to do a Elektra versus... Help me out, Nate. <laughs> Jade Tiger. <laughs> okay, good. Whew. Tigra. Uh, Ooh. Tigra, yeah. Ooh. Moon Bloodgood is Tigra? Sign me up. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and a million... Um, or Maggie Q is Tigra. Art pieces went up on... Uh, or like Hellcat. Mm, mm, no. Pretty much the same as Tiger. Who's going to play uh, Squirrel Girl in Avengers 2? I don't know, but... Squirrel Girl is going to be in Avengers 2? I don't know. That'll probably be Chloe Moretz. Still, yeah. What? It's uh, too young. Too young. Now, by the time enough. to get to Avengers two, <laughs> yeah, point. Be, yeah. And you've interviewed her. She's like fifty in her head. She's a smart so, little girl. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, this is good. Uh, TV casting. All uh, Rick and and my worlds are going to collide with yours here. The, you mentioned the series Arrow, which what little I've seen of this actually looks like it might be good and tying into the DC universe in a lot more distinct way than Smallville. Smallville taunted for several years, and Arrow's just going to dive right in. But they just announced today that John Barrowman, who was Captain Jack on Torchwood and Doctor Who, oh, dude. is going to join the cast as an older, mysterious, mentor? wealthy gentleman who Not has some dark association. And Rick pointed out one character that we know will be in the series, but we have never heard who was, will play him. Deathstroke. Yeah. Deathstroke. John Barrowman as Deathstroke? I don't know. Oh, I think he'd be awesome. Could be. He does. He'd be better as like a Leonard Luther type guy. You know what I mean? Like Lionel Luther. Lionel Luther. Yeah. I, I don't think so. He's I'm, he's like total adventure action. I'm hero. not familiar with him on Torchwood or whatever he comes from. Yes. But he hosted Attack of the Shows uh, Comic Con coverage. Oh, geez. No, he goes and on he fire. Was I know. But he's yeah. not as Captain Jack. He's not as Captain Jack. I'm just saying. It's going to be I, hard I, I, for I me to unsee that. I know. I understand. <laughs> he, it was... He, there not, were, did you watch that no, coverage? No, There's one but, scene where he's between, like, a naked Aquaman and a He-Man, and he's just drooling. He's right, like, you know, John Merlin is notorious for, like, totally queening it up at Comic-Con. But you know what? He was a fantastic host. I would watch him host, like... He should do, like, red carpet for E. He should do... All the like, you know, dude. He's well. He's a charming guy. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah, he is. But so, flaming. Uh, I listened to one of his albums, though. I was disappointed. Mm. But uh, so I, I'm excited about that, I, just because I like him. I know he can play more. He, he straight up the scenery as a villain. But I mean, Deathstroke just, has to be gray haired, and they could make great. But they don't have to because this is younger. Queen yeah, Oliver Queen is younger. Is you know being treated that way. 
like early 20s. And you they know, haven't the told the story as to why the Deathstroke mask is there on the island because it obviously is on the island. And are they, were they, were yeah. they just... Wait, uh, is there another island movie well, or because, TV show? Well, because uh, that's, oh, another, that's, that's the origin. But the, Deathstroke, but the Deathstroke mask we know is there, but Deathstroke had... But, well, I don't think he actually we see the the actual fight between them. Like mm. it's something that has happened in his past. We sense yeah. that, so that would make sense. Uh, it'd be interesting. And then uh, this week, I guess. So Nate recommended a show at the same time that I, Travel Channel had offered up to me, and I interviewed the guy known as the Toy Hunter. But there's also the show Collection Intervention. So the Travel oh, Channel yeah. is feeding our our love of collectibles <laughs> and the sci-fi channel which ironically it should be the other way around but then again the sci-fi channel did give us flash gordon's so of course they hate us yes they hate the very thing that they feed upon uh collection intervention so tell me what you can about collection intervention Nate. well episode one featured two separate stories if you will families families okay one was a husband and wife team that had a ton of Star Wars stuff, and the second was a husband and wife where the husband had a bunch of Catwoman stuff that he's accumulated over since he was a kid. So they have this lady who's supposed to be like a pop culture expert slash collector slash auctioneer slash therapist herself. Mm-hmm. So they have her come. She comes into the Star Wars house. She's like, oh, my gosh. And she's impressed because she likes Star Wars. She's like, oh my god, I love all this stuff. And they didn't. It wasn't a messy place. They, mm-hmm. it was kind of like friend of the program, Jason Salazar's house. What Star Wars stuff are we talking? Are we talking about vintage seventies stuff yes. or the newer nineties yes. stuff? Everything. Everything. Until she Literally, in the Sarlacc they had a pit. seven foot tall Han Solo frozen in carbonite block in the corner of the living room. Well, who wouldn't want one of those? Every, exactly. Every square inch of their walls and uh, shelving and stuff was sounds like my favorite stuff. bar. Exactly. <laughs> It was very impressive. And, yeah, they had a lot of crappy, you know, new stuff. But they literally got – it seemed like they just get everything. So the lady comes in and kind of says, you know, let's pick out some things you're willing to part with. And the husband was kind of willing to go along. The wife broke down, couldn't get rid of stuff. She's like, So oh, this show is fictional. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is <laughs> this is hoarders for collections. Okay. But much more neat than hoarders. Um, well, these people bathe. These people were neat. The Catwoman guy just kinda, he he kind of... He had hidden his hid collection. He hid his obsession from he, people. Oh, he's hiding his collection. So he collected all his Catwoman stuff, but he would just box it up and put it in the garage and wasn't really protected from the elements. A lot of it got kind of messed oh, up. So that's doubly tragic. And so they made him... They didn't make him. They talked him into selling some of it. So he's at Heidi Ho Comics, which you mentioned earlier. Okay. And doing like a sale there. It was an interesting show. Some of the he things... He was the one with the Hulk uh, figure. He had a Hulk 12-inch... Was it 12-inch Mego? 12-inch Hulk that the, the guy had awesome. never seen before. It was awesome. Uh, box was nice. He was wearing a lab coat. Mm-hmm. It, it and the, ho- the host was just basically trying to break them into the idea that they could get rid of parts of their collection just by getting to get rid of something. I understand. So they get it, past that initial... Yeah, because it wasn't like, don't collect things. It was, let's manage our collection yeah, instead of vintage stuff that you hoarding the collection. I see. So, because basically, I mean, these people's house was literally, you couldn't do anything. It was overrun by Star Wars Jumbles. stuff. So, you saw the coming attractions ones, right? 
I did, but I don't remember. There's like one where... Oh, there, I saw the comic book the guy. The Barbie collector. Yes. Who, she, they've got her in her son's room, and she's saying, you really have to give your closets back to your sons. And, and she goes, it these, is are, these are their closets. <laughs> no, they're not their closets, because they're all full of Barbie. That was a good one, yeah. yeah. And there's a guy who has a ton of comics, and he doesn't want to sell his comics. And his and comics are I, sitting there. I've read all these. Yeah. You know, like... A lot of it hit close to home. It was like, I have a ton of comic books. I have a ton of shoes. I have a ton of toys. You don't have enough. You don't have comics stacked up in your wife's chair, though. No, there's that. They're not married yet. Well, it's going to happen. They're not stacked up there That's yet. Good. Are you letting it. Tiff watch this? Oh, yeah. We watched it together. Oh, okay. And, and she turned to me and said, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when I was watching, I was watching on on. on Streaming on mm-hmm. the computer, I turned the volume down <laughs> so that Debbie wouldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, on the flip side, the Travel Channel, the Toy Hunter, which started tonight uh, and will oh. be on at nine p.m. No, uh, yeah, it's it's available online. Will it will be, be on on, on Travel Channel. Is he hunting com. vintage or current? It's it's both. It's uh, so he's been in the. He's had a store for about I think twenty we've years. All been on a toy hunt, right? Right. They're pretty Absolutely. damn fun. Absolutely. Well, yes, especially when they yeah, but but yeah, he he's devoted to something. He said like there's a there's a Migo episode, and so uh, I talked to him. So if you're yeah, the people, whole episode should just be about him and a buddy. In did we lose it again? No. Well, it's oh. kind of like that. Him show. and a buddy in a car driving to five different targets. No, no, it's and not that kind. Eighty like, different Toys R Us. Six thirty in the morning outside hunter. of Target. No, this is more like and I've. I have oddly enough seen this show, American Pickers. Yeah. Uh, so it's more like people put him on, like a collector will hire him and say, like, I need this. And so they had a list of like the of the things that he's actually bought and sold through his th- through his store. One of the things it's like Time Tunnel in San Jose. Yes, but uh, but incredible, like the original actual wax prototype of Bo- Boba Fett that all the others were made from, and he found it yeah. and helped uh, Kenner. Um, the uh, there was a Batman bump and go car from 1966, a Batmobile thing uh, from Ideal, um, original Chatty Cat. Like these are the things that are going for like tens of thousands of yeah. dollars. And so does the episode play like him in like a detective trench and like him no, narrating a story? I, I know what they have on right now is like a New York Comic Con episode. Like he goes to Comic Con and guides through the New York Comic Con and guides people through. What they have and sort of plays more like antique roadshow. Like, yeah, these oh, are playing is- off of also that. Uh, uh, what is it? The um, the Hollywood collectible show. The the auction. Oh, I I don't know, but because I, I, I don't really watch these shows, but this one just because there's a lot of things that um I would have had or be interested in. I thought okay, I went home and I and I rec- just programmed the DVR to catch all of them because they're most of them are superhero oriented. He does a Captain Action episode and or implied to me that he did. So, uh, one, check it out. And if you're interested, there is an interview with him up on fa- the Fanboy Planet website uh, right now. So Sounds good. Yes. Uh, and then we n- noticed in two weeks, uh, or in ten days, uh, the next season of or Doctor right Who, the pilot of Doctor Who, uh, not the pilot, the f- first episode of season eight? Seven. 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 Season seven uh, is going to be shown in New York for a fee uh, before even announcing when they're going to start showing the Dr. name of the episode Asylum of the Daleks. Asylum of the Daleks. So I know that that's not going to get Lon involved, but it is. Still. I'm way into it. But what we were talking about, about is this idea of would you pay money to see like a show that you do love to go to a movie theater and see it? 
Like, um, like it depends if I was the only one watching it. Am I going to see it with a bunch of fans? With a bunch yeah. of fans, would you go like of see course. like Game of Thrones? Two episodes of Game of Thrones. The mm, not Game of Thrones. Walking okay, Dead. Well, Maybe Walking the Walking Dead. Dead. Hell yeah. Hmm. Would you? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the Flash series from CBS. Oh, the so they're having a revival. I'd go watch one? that with people. Yeah. Batman, Adam West, Batman. Oh. You know, there's a there's, oh. a there's a company called Tug now. That, I'm really sorry that, that, that I can, said that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the one he's been listening <laughs> that to. That sounded like what? There's a company called Tug that uh, will will let you petition to have theaters oh, the show the ones that film. did the Iron Sky? They're the ones that did the Iron Sky, and I wonder if Pause. They... Brian Kent is terrified right now. We were going to keep these, weren't we? No, edit these out. We have fam. We have fam wrote He's to us. Said actually, he said that it scares him and he's enjoying. He, I said so. That's that a vote to keep it, isn't it? He said yes. So, anyway, Iron Sky, Iron Sky. It was uh, it was a fan um, fan instituted thing through this Tug uh, website, where basically you say, "I've got a theater here. I've got a film we want to see." You get enough people that say, "Buy, I will buy a ticket." And they they hold a uh, showing there for you. Um, do you have to talk to the theater first? Well, I think there are theaters that are already set up to do it. So uh, Tug does the negotiation. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I mean, so we petition Tug, and Tug goes over to the Winchester Twenty One before they close at the end of the year, and we'll show whatever movie we want to see. I think it's more likely to happen at AMC or a uh, oh. another. I'd yeah. like to see Big Trouble in Little China at Century Twenty One or Twenty Two. Just like it the first. I'd like time. to see Ready to Rumble at the Meridian Quad Six. Wait, was that the <laughs> one with David? David Arquette. Yeah, David, I saw yeah. that. That was one of the first things I saw and reviewed for Fanboy Planet. Oh, really? Yes. I'm sorry. In, it was in that six month period <laughs> when I was actually watching wrestling, so I understood what was oh, going right. on. Sort Ready of. Ready to Rumble was a fun movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a good movie. No, by no stretch of the imagination. It was a fun movie. Yeah. Didn't they? That, was that the one with Oliver Platt too? Yes. yes. Okay. That was a terrible, uh, disappointing, unbelievable casting choice. But, but Sting, Sting was that, in it, and uh, didn't and they, Goldberg was in it, and Diamond Dallas. And Page didn't was in they it. make David Arquette briefly the champion yes. of the yes. WCW? Yes, they, <laughs> that that was, killed so you wrestling. Said Sting yeah. was in it. That was I the beginning of the entirely end. different. No, not that Sting. No, it wasn't Dune. No, no, that was good too. Um, so anyway, that's all I've got this week. You guys good with that? Sure. Okay, so let's talk okay, a couple Papa. things. All right, okay. So uh, if you've listened this far, and I know you have, you can, of course, find us on iTunes. Tell your friends to find us on iTunes. What? There's that train again. <laughs> no, I twisted my chair. Okay. Watch, I'll do it again. <laughs> no. I couldn't get it. I couldn't. It didn't work. All right. If you've listened this far, and I know you have, <laughs> please, for God's sake, open the door. Uh, iTunes. Uh, do subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, do some rating for us on iTunes. Uh, and uh, just tell your friends to check us out. We're also on Stitcher. Listen to us on the Stitcher app if you have that. Um, also, I, you know, I've mentioned uh, that we do, we do this weekly, and it costs a little in hosting. So if you'd like to uh, donate to our oxygen fund. <laughs> Please, don't hit something on PayPal so we can afford ventilation in this studio. Uh, good God, Long. I didn't do it. Oh, that was me. Oh, what? It all the stuff. Oh, my God. I was trying to cover for him. Oh, wow. What happened to the lightning bolt on I your really shirt? Hope, I really <laughs> hope the mic picked that up. Oh, God. I, ah. Anyway, if you have questions, <laughs> comments, commentary, a place that we could record where it's safe, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Until the next time, people, I'm Derek McCaw, 
editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Lon Lopez, wonderful man from MoronLife.com. Yes. I am Nate Costa from, I don't know, San Jose, California. A.K.A. The Exterminator. Cub reporter Nate Costa, <laughs> signing off. And I'm Rick Brett reminding you to use your powers only for ventilation. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.